Happy New Year, everyone. So glad that you are with us here this morning and uh, glad that you have joined with us here in worship. For those of you I don't know, my name's Todd. I'm so glad that you're here this morning. Lindsay Clegg, a London businessman, told the story of a warehouse property that he sold, he was selling. The building had been empty for months. It needed repairs. Vandals had damaged the doors and smashed out the windows and strewn trash all over the interior. Well, as he showed the prospective buyer the property, Clegg took pains to tell this prospective buyer that he would replace all the windows, that he would repair the damaged doors, that he would bring in a crew to clean up and correct any structural damage and clean out that garbage. Forget about the repairs, the buyer said. When I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the building. I just want the land. And on this New Year's, I think that we who call ourselves Christ followers need to be reminded that God wants our land. He doesn't just want the building. The old is gone and the new has come. I don't know about you, I really love fresh starts, don't you? I like a new month, I like a new week, I like a new year, particularly a new year. But it's interesting, as we approach a new year, we're so hopeful about what the future might be. We're so excited about the resolutions that we might make, or as we heard a little kid say this week, revolutions that we might make. We're excited about these new promises of the year, and we go into the year hopeful that we might accomplish these things. And we go into the new year hoping that the past is truly the past. And that 2013 is really over and that we can have hope for a brand new year in 2014. But I think that this year on kind of the beginning of a new year, a new Sunday, a new year, tomorrow for those of you who are in school, it's going to be a new school year. If you're going back to college in a few weeks, it's a new semester. If you're a businessman or woman, it's a brand new Monday, the first Monday of the new year. I think that we need to consider the fact That God wants us truly to take what's old and let it be old. And we can't do that in and of ourselves, can we? We can't do that in our own strength. We can't do that in our own power. We can't do that except and because of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God who we've just sung about and read about. And seen on the screens. Over these past month, we've been talking about the everlasting light, and we talked about the fact that God brought Jesus into the world to be the everlasting light, to shine on all of humanity, to shine on our past, to shine on our future, to shine in our hearts, to be the light of the world, the everlasting light of the world. But Jesus came to be the everlasting light to the world, and he did so by dying on a cross and coming back to life three days later. But the Apostle Paul reminds us that not only is Jesus the everlasting light, But Jesus is also the one who makes us new. He's the one that can take our land without the building, without the stuff and the garbage and the destruction of the past. And he can make in us a brand new creature. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and behold, 
old, all things become new. The old is gone and the new is coming. That newness is because of a faith connection that we have with Christ. We can put our trust in him. The Bible says that if we believe, if we put our trust in him, and if we admit that we're sinners, we will have everlasting light. And so there's a newness because we know if we have faith in Jesus Christ, if we've given him our lives, we can have eternity with God in heaven. And I hope that you've done that. I hope that you've made that faith connection with Jesus Christ. And if you haven't, I want to challenge you to do that today to make that faith connection with Jesus Christ. The Bible says all we have to do is believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and we will be saved. That's all it takes. But it's interesting, I don't know about you, but there are times that sometimes, even when a new time has come, a new week, a new month, and here a new year, when newness has come into our lives, I don't know about you, but I sometimes have moments in my life where I don't feel very new. I don't feel like the old is truly gone. I feel like vandals have still left garbage in the building. But God promises through a relationship with Jesus Christ that it can be new. And so there's not just a faith connection with Jesus Christ, but there's a life connection, a remaining in Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us in the Gospels that we are to remain or abide in him that we were to remain in him, and what he's talking about there is that we should stay close to him, that we should stay connected to him. You see, a newness in Jesus Christ isn't about a list of rules. It's not a, a, a code that we have to crack. It's simply remaining with him. Paul says that the old is gone. It's interesting that the old is gone. That word old, the Greek word that he used there, literally means ancient. Isn't that great? It literally means ancient. So here's what I want you to hear on the end of 2013 and as we begin 2014. I want you to hear that the stuff in 2013 that you're kind of embarrassed about, you know, that relationship that went awry, it's ancient. That business transaction that you wished you hadn't, participated in, it's ancient. That time that you blew up at someone because you were irritated with something they've done and you really embarrassed yourself, it's ancient. The times that you've damaged your family, it's ancient. There may be earthly ramifications of all those things, but I want you to hear something today. In God's eyes, it's old. It's ancient. And if you're in here today and you truly believe the Bible to be true and you truly believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, then you have to believe that Paul's words to the Corinthians is true. That the old is the old. It's ancient. It's interesting, the word that he uses there for new in the Greek, it literally means remarkable. Isn't that great? It's remarkable. You see, what Jesus did by dying on the cross and giving us everlasting life is he not only gave us the hope for eternity, but he gave us the hope for time here on earth that the old is ancient and the new is remarkable. Isn't that awesome? I don't know about you, but I want the new to be remarkable. 
I want 2014 to be remarkable, but if I rely on myself, if I rely on what I read in society or hear in society or self-help books or whatever we see on TV or the internet, if I rely on that at some point in time, it will no longer be remarkable. It'll be ancient again. But if we rely on the power of Jesus Christ and remain in Him, the new will always be new. Jesus said in Revelation 21 verse 5, he says, I am making all things new. And when he said that, I am making, the verb that he used, the way the verb was used, it meant that he is always making you new. So I want you to hear at the beginning of a new year that you and I can have hope that the past is absolutely the past, that it truly is ancient. And if we're going to have hope for the new year, it means that we should remain in Christ and believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that he is the one that is making us into a new creature. As Paul says, that we are truly, truly being made new in Christ. See, he doesn't want the building. He doesn't want the junk. He just wants the land. He wants you to remain with him. It's not about a list. We're going to talk about over the course of the next few weeks that we play a part, and it is about having a plan. But remaining in Christ means simply spending spending time with him, learning about him, reading about him, talking to him. And when we do those things, we can remain in Christ and we can have hope for the future. We can have hope for the new year. We can have hope for our families and the relationships and the businesses and students, the school and and all the stuff of the past that it is ancient and the new has come. So today we're going to take communion together as a family. We're going to enter into a time where we focus on the cross. Jesus left us with several different things that he wanted the church to do together. One of those things that he wanted the church to do together on a regular basis is come together and celebrate communion. Some of you may have called it the Lord's Supper or the the Holy Eucharist. It's a time of thanksgiving. It's a time to give God thanks for the cross, for what he did for us, not only for eternity, but for our time here on earth. And so today, as we participate in communion, we're going to be taking the elements together as a church. And as you hold that bread and think about the body that was broken for you, for your redemption, for your sin, for my sin, for my redemption, I want you to think about the fact that because Jesus defeated death is the reason he can make things new. Because his body was broken, And when you hold that cup and think about the fact that it represents the fact that blood was spilled, think about the fact that he did it so that you can be made new. That we can have a hope for the future that he is making all things new. I'm going to ask the ushers to begin to pass the bread. And this morning as you receive that bread. I'm just going to ask you to hold on to it. Now, communion is a a time for Christ followers. So if you're a Christ follower, I want to encourage you to take communion. If you're not, I just want to encourage you to, to not take it this morning. But hold on to that bread, and here in a few minutes, we are going to take together.